Welcome to the RuPaul's Drag Race Recap Show for All Stars 4, Episode 6, titled Lala Perusa. My name's Joe Batanz, and I am joined, as always, by one phlegmatic co-host. From the podcast pod is my co-pilot. Please say... Hi, how are you? You're back. Are you happy? To Taylor, the latte boy. Hello, Taylor, the latte boy. Hello. That one works. That's not the one I was hoping for, but that one works, too. What were you hoping for? Where Monique goes, this is what you've been waiting for, America. Oh, yeah. There were were actually a lot of contenders. And I also have this one, but this one's for later. Poof. Be gone. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Taylor, how have you been? It's been a couple of weeks uh, since we last spoken to you. And actually, this is the last time we are talking to you for the All-Star season. Because after this, you're going to uh, on a cruise. Yes. Yes, I leave for a cruise on the 9th and get back on the 16th. So I will be, I will, I will, I will not know who officially won until I get back from the cruise on Saturday. So I'll have to avoid Reddit and Twitter and all sorts of stuff on the, after I come home. I'll just tell you right now, you know, because <laughs> <laughs> um, that's always a big deal. Like at being the, one of the reasons that I love going on cruises is because you shut off your phone and you have no <laughs> contact with the outside world for a week. Mm-hmm. And no, I love it. I've and then never... there is that moment Go ahead. where you turn your phone back on and all of a sudden it's all of the text messages and all of the emails and all of the tweets come flooding back at you. Mm-hmm. That is somehow fun and terrifying all at the same time. But like, here's my question. Do you – is it one of these – I, I have to announce something. I've never been on a cruise. Okay? Ever. Okay. And and I have a lot of questions. Today's going to be the it's, – it's cruise chat. Okay? okay. With Joe and Taylor. So – Question number one is, is this something that where there's a package you could buy so that you get direct TV in your ship, in your room or something? Is this an option you, you can, can pay, pay? You can buy internet packages. In fact, uh-huh. my co it's my two co-hosts on Pod is my co-pilot and their spouses are going. And uh, Taffy, my one, the female co-host, her daughter is very pregnant. So she is buying the internet package so that in case she her daughter goes into labor, has the baby, she can know about it and not have to wait a week later to find mm-hmm. out that her daughter had a had a had a baby. Mm-hmm. And then if that is the case, then depending on where we are, if if she does go into labor, whatever port we're at, the plan is that Taffy will try Taffy and Tank, her husband, will try to fly out of that port and leave leave the cruise early. Oh, I see. Okay. And then, um, okay, so that's question number one. Question number two is, because uh, you live in Florida, so the reason you go on so many of these Disney cruises is, is the port is very close to you, correct? Yeah, the, court's about, uh, the, court. the port is about two and a half hours away. Okay, so it's two and a half hours away. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, that means when you come home from a cruise, you have two and a half hours of driving back? Yeah, but I never drive. I very rarely drive. Taffy always wants to drive, so I just usually sit the back and sleep. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. You have to rest from that cruise. But mm-hmm. but uh, my question to you is this. Is is it always the same trip? Is it always, okay, now we're going to go here. Now we're going to go here. Is it always the same ports, the same places? It depends on which ship you're on. The Disney Dream only goes to Nassau, which is – an shipbox and also disney has a private island called castaway key and all of the cruises that leave out of uh the east coast of florida all have one day at least one day at castaway key okay and that is always one of our favorite days because it's this little tiny island and the only people that are on the island are disney cruise guests and Mm -hmm. cast members and it's just where you just run around and 
You're running. Well, I've run once. I did the 5K one time. Well, I ran in rabbit ears. I walked with purpose uh, so that I could get a medal one time. Okay. But they also have adult-only areas where there's no kids allowed and it's super quiet. Mm-hmm. And they have all the barbecue you can eat. And they have crab races. And they have snorkeling and jet skis. And I'm going parasailing um, when we go. So I expect it to kind of look like the scene in Lake Placid with the cowl, like its mm-hmm. feet dipping in the water. <laughs> yeah. The reason that we are going this time of year is because it is a Star Wars day at sea. So everything is Star Wars inspired the one day Mm -hmm. and they do Star Wars meals. There is a show on the top deck at night where they do fireworks where they'll play Star Wars music and they'll Mm -hmm. have different characters swinging from ropes and stuff. So Mm -hmm. we're I've always said since they started doing this, I wanted to go on one of these. So Mm -hmm. that's why we're that's why we're going in in February. Plus, it's usually cheaper, but the Star Wars kind of ups the price. Oh, I see. Now, now speaking of swinging from ropes, is there cruise sex? Do you and Baba Lou have like cruise sex? Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's we on uh, our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. It was it was very common for we would be kind of like laying by the pool and. I would look over and go, so you want to go back to the room and fuck? And <gasps> he would go, yeah. And we'd get up Openly and go in front back of to children? our children. No, it's the adult pool. Oh, I don't, I don't know. Now, I know that you have a Disney cruise. <laughs> I just meant it's just children no, Unfortunately, if you were on a Disney cruise, you'd be sitting at the, right at the family pool just looking over at some random 14-year-old. So you want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I'm – well, I know. That would be me. But you know, uh, not really police. Not really. Right. I would wait four years. But <laughs> it would be like – and you're 18 now. Okay, well, you want to go to the other, to the room and fuck? Anyway, uh, my question is: I've never been on a I've never been on a cruise, as I said before, but I've also never been on a Disney cruise. So I, in my head, it was all family, all children everywhere, all the time. But you're saying there's an adult section. No, and that and that is what we always hear. We always hear, God, you must be surrounded by kids all the time. There are sections of the ship where there is a lot of kids, or there are times that you are going to see kids. Mm-hmm. However, there are enough sections of the ship that are 18 and up mm-hmm. that you could really avoid children mm-hmm. most of your day. There's mm-hmm. a couple of adult pool areas. There's also mm-hmm. adult dining. There is a spa area that we usually spend a lot of time in. All the bars are adult only, 18 and up. Of course. Um, oh, an 18-year-old can drink on the ship? Because international 18 year olds can go in. I don't think they legally, because of the whole family friendly thing, I think you have Mm -hmm. to be 21 and up to actually drink on the ship, even when you go out to international water. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is, you you have, you can be 18, you you can be 18 to go to the pool area. Mm -hmm. I don't know about the bars now, but I've never been 18 on a cruise ship. So I don't know. I will be when I go on the cruise. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'll be in an 18-year-old. <laughs> and the whole relationship will last about as long as the cruise. It'll be it's like a three-day. Yeah, it's a three-day. Day number one, I'll be like, Taylor, oh, my God, I'm in love. I met the guy of my dreams, mm-hmm. you know. His name's Cody, you know. <laughs> and then and day two, I'm like, Taylor, we're getting married. He proposed to me today. And then day three, I'm like, he broke up with me. Well, speaking of Cody and a Disney cruise, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this, but a couple of years ago, I ran into a Corbin Fisher model on a Disney cruise. You did? Yes, where I recognized him immediately. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was one of those in a half second. It was it was during the 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 sail away party, and he was Mm -hmm. there with a with a girl. And at one point, it was clear like I made eye contact with him, Mm -hmm. and it was clear of in a half second of that. 
I know that guy from, where do I know? Oh my God, that's a Corbin Fisher model. And him looking at me, recognizing that I knew who he was and doing the whole asshole. If you come up to me, I will beat your ass in front of all of these kids. Like it was very much like we had this, we, we had a moment and the moment was very much a don't. Kind of thing on both on both. But I did manage to to steal a couple of pictures of him because he had a very specific tattoo on his back Mm -hmm. that I remembered um, that that he had on a tank top. So I was able to get a picture of the tattoo. Mm -hmm. And then later on, they used to have everybody's pictures um, when you took like pictures with the captain or pictures at dinner and stuff like that. They used to have them all in one area where you could see everybody's pictures. And I found his and took a picture of that sort of to prove that I actually did see this corporate because he wasn't necessarily one of my favorites, but it was still somebody that I'm um, like, Oh, I've seen you with the penis in your mouth. Woohoo. This week, the eliminated Queens returned to face off against the remaining all-stars in a battle royale of lip syncs for their lives. Monet and Manila are safe. Latrice is out for revenge. Monique hates being labeled as disingenuine. Trinity isn't nervous. Gia keeps saying Trinity isn't nervous. Naomi is actually nervous. Valentina doesn't regret sending Farrah home. Farrah cries, and Jasmine Masters is invisible. The girls walk the runway in their best Lollapurusa couture, and then engage in a series of lip-sync battles. In the end, RuPaul clicked her heels together three times, and we were right back where we left off after episode three. Taylor the Latte Boy named two things you liked about the episode, and one thing you did not. Generally, I loved the episode. I, I felt like a return to form as far as it was fun to watch. It was mm-hmm. definitely fun to watch. Um, we're going to get into specifics as far as looks and lip syncs later. So I don't want to, I don't want to blow my proverbial load on those. Yeah. However, two other things that I really did enjoy was Rue seemed to be having fun this episode. Yeah. Rue seemed to be genuinely enjoying yourself. It didn't feel like a chore, which mm-hmm. like it has been in previous episodes. Okay. And with the whole don't fuck it up and changing it in different ways and getting super excited and where they kept cutting back to her laughing and, and enjoying herself. That was fun to watch. Um, I can sum up the second thing that I really liked in one word. Sure. Wilson. <laughs> He's very hot. Wilson was at one point we were like, who the fuck is that? Where's mm-hmm. they, where have they been hiding him all this yeah, time? Yeah. And he's very, very cute. Apparently the Nancy Drews on Reddit have already found his Instagram page and uh-huh. his Facebook page and all that kind of stuff. So he's, he's super, super cute. He looked a little scared. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if this was his first time or the joke was the, the, uh, Agent didn't tell him what the job was. They just sent him on the job, so he wasn't expecting that. Yeah, but um, I, I was, I was there for it. I very much enjoyed looking at Wilson. Yeah, you know, uh, my co-host on another podcast I have is a is really into Asian guys, even though he denies it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's only really dated Asian guys. Exactly. Is it, really I, I was I was I was thinking of him the whole time because I'm like, this guy is smoking hot. So yeah. if you're super into Asian guys, Mike, my co-host, must have been just. In love, yeah, I'm, I'm sure he's. But do you, th- but do you think Mike likes muscular Asian guys? That's a very good point. I don't know. That's a very good point. I don't know. And maybe it's. It, it looked like Wilson was very much a, an Asian American, whereas I feel in my speculation that Mike Lawson likes people who may not. May, they may be more Asian than American. Right. If that makes any sense. It's right out of the rice paddy. Yeah, culturally speaking, yes. Yes. Um, but look, I, I'm sure we'll get. He listens to the show and he loves it. So I'm sure I'll get a. A furious text in three, <laughs> two, 
I would like to be a part of that text, Mike. If you're oh. listening to that, please don't just throw all of the the hate at Joe. You can yeah, send yeah, some yeah. hate at me as well. Okay. So, uh, and what was the one thing? You, oh, yeah. I, I've commented on what you just said, but what 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 is the one thing you didn't like? The one thing I didn't like was it felt like they were trying to drag out the episode. I think that this is one of those episodes that could have been an hour and it would have made it yeah. great. Um, mm-hmm. I think the whole trying like. It felt like we went back to Gia and Trinity going, you're not nervous. You're nervous. No, I'm not nervous. It felt like they did that like three times. Mm -hmm. And the conversations between Latrice talking about Monet Mm or Monique, am I going to? Am I not going to? I don't know what I'm going to do. Girl, we all know you're going to pick Monique. Get real. You made that abundantly clear when you all were sitting on the couches when you first sat down. Mm -hmm. Um, It it, it felt like it was – that part could have been – was dragged out a little more than it needed to be. Mm-hmm. What uh, about you? Okay, so here, so I want to uh, before I go into mine, I want to comment on the ones that you just said. I'm being very, okay. very today. I'm being, I have Notepad. I'm taking notes on what you say. I'm trying to do this new thing called listening, <laughs> <laughs> rather than going like, "What am I going to say next? What fantastic joke am I going to say next?" I'm actually going to listen to you and comment on what you said. New, new okay, we're, we're we're bringing new things to this show here every every single time. New features. <laughs> We're bringing listening after yeah. three seasons. <laughs> Rather than not, you know, uh, I read this thing about psychology when you, you know, how it's always funny when two little kids talk to each other because they're talking about random things. It's because mm-hmm. they, they're in, I guess, at that stage, they're totally narcissistic. So they only mm-hmm. talk about what they want to talk about and they think mm-hmm. they're having a conversation, but they're just each talking about what they want to talk about. That's right. essentially also a description of the show. <laughs> you know, I could see that. Yeah. So I've I, gotten really good. I've gotten really good at because I I was listening to I was thinking about what I was going to say when you were saying that, which proves I'm not listening. But I've started this, within the last year. I've gotten really good at not feeling the need to talk in therapy sessions with my clients, mm-hmm. where sometimes I just do things where I just sit quietly and stare at them and just watch them just give more information and more information, and I just kind of don't say anything at all. So listen, listening apparently is something I haven't been doing as a therapist for the last 20 years. See, what I do that I'm usually waiting for a long pause so that I can do, start the description of the show. <laughs> That's the only reason I ever do it. All right. So the, the, I want to comment what you said. What's so funny is everyone who's listening on iTunes or anywhere else, uh, or not on Patreon, should know is that Patreon supporters get a first response immediately after the East Coast uh, viewing of the show ends. So at 6.30 Pacific, 9.30 p.m. Eastern, I go on the air for about half an hour. And I give my just first response, my gut reaction. We talk to the chat room. It's a live, it's basically a conversation about the chat room. Like, oh my God, what did we just watch? And during that, I gave my thoughts on the episode. And the speculation was that you would love the episode. The speculation mm-hmm. in the chat room, and you'll hear on the first response, was that you would just love this episode. And I have to say this too, you know, you did you did your homework too, as as did I, where I go on Reddit and I look and I read all the post episode discussions and just sort of get a sense of where everybody else in the RuPaul Drag Race zeitgeist is feeling, right? And it seems to be the consensus is that everybody, not everybody, a lot of people love this episode. But what's really odd about this, and I noticed this, is there's a specific subreddit called Spoil Drag Race, where it's people, it's just spoilers. The whole thing is just spoilers. It's the only place it's allowed. And so they talk about it knowing what's to come. Right. right. So, and in that one, and this is where I'm more aligned with this, they didn't like the episode as much. 
Okay. Okay. Because they know what's going to happen. So they didn't okay. like the episode. We're not going to talk about spoilers. No, on here. no, no. I never talk about spoilers on this show. Okay. If you want to hear okay. spoilers, though, if you love spoilers, you need to listen. I'm going to tell you this. You're going to want to listen to this week's rumor mill because I'm going to go all in on this episode because I have a lot of thoughts about this episode, but it relies on spoilers. Okay. Okay. So spoil the rumor mill this Monday. Very spoilery episode. All right. Okay. okay. That's a very special Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> uh, so you know how he was like. He had a dream about spoilers, okay? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. that um, based on what you said, I think a lot of the people who don't know what's happening loved this episode. But even even approaching it from that perspective, I'm going to still comment on that in a bit. Also, um, go, you, you talked about how much you love RuPaul having a good time here. There's a uh, Did you see – so on, on an episode of What's the Tea, and I actually did hear this episode, is mm-hmm. RuPaul – this is during the summer, probably around July this episode came out uh, – and. It, it was in the in the universe of RuPaul's Drag Race because it was the first confirmation that All Stars Four was happening, which is I don't know how that was shocking to anybody, but right. RuPaul said to listen or watch out for an All Stars Four. There was a, partic- a particular episode where she drank a lot of coffee that day and that she went crazy on the girls. Now I don't remember what the specific quote is because I remember thinking in the inference, or maybe she said it directly, was that she yelled at them, but I could be wrong. Okay. Okay. But I, my guess, and I think a lot of people agree in Reddit on Reddit, sorry, that um, this was the episode where she had a lot of coffee. Yeah. You know, I saw something in Reddit where somebody made reference to Wow Rue with her twenty five cups of coffee, and yeah. I was a little confused by that. But uh, yeah, well, I this mean, could she, be the episode. Seemed she seemed like she was like it's it's much more enjoyable to watch yeah. her having fun. Than when she sort of is looking like, I don't want to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she was having a good time. Okay, so now going to the two things I like, the, the one thing I didn't. What I really liked was the concept of this episode. I like the concept of the episode. And what I mean is that it is an amazing, because it, it's, a, it's a great way, and I hope they continue it, even though with some tweaks. Yeah. It's a great way to level the playing field and to allow the girls to do what they want in every episode, not necessarily control it as much because then they can fix it later. So yeah. let's say in episode two, they eliminated Valentina. Well, then they can bring her back, mm-hmm. which is ultimately what they want for television ratings. Okay. So this yeah. was a chance for them to bring people back that the girls may have gotten rid of. They can control it a lot less and then they can, it, 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 it levels the playing field all over again and it disrupts the whole thing we'll come back to because also what i didn't like is part of this now i also just to skip ahead i also was a big fan of i was a fan of i was a fan of all the pit crew except i'm not a big fan of the sean morales no i I, because i've heard so much about him not smelling nice yeah and smell is an important thing for me i i make a face when i see him now like there's just something about like i i just feel like i immediately smell armpit like as soon as i see him and mm-hmm. it's it kind of like ugh. i and, also ugh, don't get the whole bryce thing either and bryce i like is the redhead right yeah and i like redheads i just think he's kind of awkward it, yeah and, and, and i think he's a good looking guy it has nothing to do with his looks i just find him to be very awkward but i think that part of that is that that is why people like him because I read something. I saw something where apparently the one time he walked out, Trinity kind of, you can see Trinity in the background looking like she's trying to smell him as he walks past. And he gets, apparently he gets very nervous mm-hmm. around the Queens. Cause he's, they get very flirty with him cause they think he's cute. And it's sort of one of these where it's harmless. 
and he just he just kind of gets all shucks ma'am and and Mm -hmm. gets and blushes and stuff so i think that might be part of the appeal Mm -hmm. to why so many people like plus there's a lot of people out there that like redheads i'm not a huge fan of redheads like i don't go looking for them in the wild but it's mm -mm, not my thing this great british baking show and collection four on netflix Mm -hmm. uh andrew is the name of the contestant oh my goodness am i in love with this andrew i could fucking stare at him all day and he's a redhead and i'm just oh oh i want him to put one in my oven anyway going on (laughs) uh but honey glazed buns thank you so much (laughs) and if he doesn't it's gonna be hot cross buns so <laughs> all right but though here's what i didn't like okay i didn't like the result of the whole thing i felt that there were no stakes in this now essentially i'm like oh well that was a big waste of fucking time everybody's exactly the same and now we just have latrice so we're back at episode four awesome mm-hmm. that was rad and then um also and this is a big part of when i said the concept i know why they do it they're trying to save money I'm so sick of this fucking catalog of RuPaul Charles. If I hear another fucking goddamn song in a lip sync from RuPaul, I'm going to vomit. Like, the songs... Okay, you love this episode, Taylor, right? So imagine... I I, I see your points, but yes, I I enjoyed... I very much enjoyed the episode. So imagine if if they did like, okay, but now we're doing the songs of Cher... Or we're doing the oh. songs of Mariah Carey or Celine Somebody Yon. in the chat room said Britney Spears. Britney Spears, right? And VH1 just coughed up the fucking dough for the licensing, mm-hmm. okay, uh, for those four songs. Then, oh, my fucking God, that would have been one for the ages. Okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's It's not a perfect episode by any means. But I think that for a first time out, it it's it definitely you said it. You hit the nail on the head where you said it gives them something to work with. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts about the uh, status quo when we get into that part of the, talking about the lip syncs and stuff. But okay, we'll get into that. But here's the thing, though, is there was something clearly that I and I'm and I'm by the way, everyone listening, I recognize that because one of the things I was thinking of, I wouldn't say necessarily jaded. But it reminds me of, like, there's a comedian named Brody Stevens. I think I've even talked about him on this show before, right? Not mm-hmm. super famous, but very much beloved by stand-up comedians. And when I would be at the Improv as a stand-up comic in West Hollywood, uh, you know, you could have the Dane Cook on stage. Everyone's just in the bar going, I'll fucking Dane Cook on stage again, right? But if Brody Stevens went on stage, which he always did, but, like, at 1230, right? Mm-hmm. When there's like literally like two regular people in the audience, but the room would be packed with all the comics in the room. He was a comics comic, okay? He was the comic that all the other comics would go to see, but they're so jaded by other regular stand-up comic comedy. Mm-hmm. That's sort of how I feel how I, where I am now with this show. Whereas maybe because I know so many spoilers or I have to study the show in a way that uh, the the normal average viewer watches it. This show wasn't that great to me. I expected more from the show. There are certain things I like about other episodes that maybe people don't like that I appreciate versus someone who's just watching it. And this is perfectly legitimate. This is what it's meant for either at a bar with friends. That's the thing. 
I bet you, and I know you weren't, but if you were watching this at a bar with friends, yes, this is an episode meant for a packed gay bar, four different lip sync syncs, four girls just fucking working it. I could imagine. Looks, looks, looks for days. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it fits. It hits. It checks all of my buttons for me. It checks your buttons, but for me, it didn't. So, like, I recognize. I recognize. I'm the outlier here. I'm the anomaly mm-hmm. here in that. And so, I, I recognize it's a perfectly fine episode. I didn't hate the episode. I but uh, but I can always tell. Like I told you on Reddit, there if on the main subreddit on the post episode discussion, they just think this mm-hmm. is the fucking greatest episode ever. And what's funny is, and I've told you this before, we're very, very lucky. I'm going to let you come in in a second. Taylor wants to come in and jump in here for a second. Mm-hmm. We're very, very lucky that you and I get to go on a platform and talk about how we feel about this show. And there are a lot of people who don't have that opportunity. And that's why I'm going to plug another Patreon show called Reclaiming Our Time, where people of diverse points of view get to come and talk about the show. But, um... What I'm going to say is sometimes people pray to me like a saint, like RuPaul's God, and then I'm Saint Joe, who has like a channel to Ru, and they write messages to me on Instagram or emails just talking about the show. And I woke up this morning, and there were three emails of people just – they didn't want me to talk about it in the air. They weren't saying, I hate your show. It was just, I love this episode so much. It's one of the best episodes ever. I just wanted to tell you that, blah, blah, blah. They wanted to tell the Saint Joe – uh, to please, you know, relate to the god RuPaul, how much uh, they love this episode. So people were really feeling this episode. Taylor, you wanted to jump in. What do you want to say? Just that I watched a video from a bar in New Orleans last night uh, mm-hmm. after the after Latrice and Monique's lip sync of okay. where, you know, Shantae, you both stay, and yeah. how the place erupted. And yeah. it was like watching a football game it was like mm-hmm. watching a football game in a sports bar with the yeah. way everybody was screaming and yelling and their hands up and clapping mm-hmm. and so yeah i agree that watching this in a bar would be would be great for for some people yeah i'm sure i'm sure this was a lot of fun to watch in a bar me sitting by myself in my fat guy sweatpants you know uh, sucking on werther's originals because i'm an old man then uh and your you know, cardigan yeah wearing my cardigan and, and petting my saint bernard that i have sitting right next to me and <gasps> oh i love saint bernards <laughs> i've actually never seen a saint bernard in real life they're enormous uh-huh. and they are messy well, much like me <laughs> yeah, no, you could hear that joke coming from a mile away uh-huh. i know <laughs> But by the way, everyone should know Taylor always when he does the show, he's always wearing a little barrel of whiskey around his neck. Yes, yes. <laughs> with, with, with a white with a white X on it. Yeah, he has a little tiny barrel of whiskey with white X on it, and I never understood why, but now I get it. Now I get it. Uh, <laughs> um, so. Okay, so let's move. Oh wait, actually no, right now. So that's what I didn't like. Do you have any comments on what I said other than that, Taylor? Well, I think that okay, I'll I'll get to this even though because we'll talk about specifics later on with the lip syncs. Mm-hmm. I think that the concept, you're right. I think the concept is a great idea. And I think that if it was a different group of queens that went home in the first four, you may have seen some different it, it might have mixed things up even more. Mm-hmm. I feel like they tried it for this one, and part of that is the cast. I mean, it was it was apparent it was apparent watching this episode for the most part why most of the people who have been eliminated so far have already gone home mm-hmm. when compared to the queens that are already there. Mm-hmm. And I think that you, with the exception of Latrice being a kind of sort of upset, the other ones weren't really as much of an upset. So it wasn't a question of somebody having one bad day. 
Whereas I think that if you had had a, like, if, for example, if Valentina had already gone home and was paired up against somebody watching Valentina's lip sync, there's a good chance that Valentina would have come back on the lip sync alone mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think that if this had happened, think, think about all stars one, yeah, the cast of all stars one and how many beloved Queens went home so early on in that season. Mm-hmm. I think that if they had instilled something like that with the all stars one, though, according to Latrice, all stars one doesn't count, but mm-hmm. we'll get to that later. Um, I think, I think you would have seen more of a, a shock and I have a feeling that they tried it this time for all stars five. If they go back to this, you will see more, where where there will be a more of a switcheroo between queens and queens coming back depending on the cast depending on the cast that comes back All you right. get somebody like kimchi kimchi a uh, mayhem miller mm-hmm. like of a may May-, may- I could see like mayhem miller being eliminated early in a season and then coming back and turning it out and then being in the top 5 or 6 whatever whatever it is they decide to do this mm-hmm. so i i think that this was just sort of a we're going to try this and see how it works, and then we'll we'll take it from there. All right. You know, I actually want to talk about something right now because I, I think – I feel this is sort of where we're talking about the show in general. So let's talk about this right now. Okay. And then we got to take a break. I, I talked about this last week, but now we can talk about this more in detail now. And I got into it yesterday in the chat room out there in the first – uh, response, which is Willem went on some forum or a podcast. I don't know where he did it. I can't remember. And talked about the rigamorous that occurred that RuPaul stepped in and intentionally did this change the rules just to save Valentina. Right. And I I, not- that was on that was on Race Chasers. Okay, so you can tell me what Willem said about on Race Chasers, which someone in the chat room said that he still stands by this. Yeah. And I it's all the evidence is pointing towards Willem was completely wrong. And I I'm, I'm gonna, I want to I want you to be the Willem's advocate here and tell me his point and argue his point because all the evidence if, if act, in fact if anything, the evidence points that RuPaul changed the game to save Monique. Uh even though look you can or or, or save Latrice, either one. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you might argue that Monique was better in the lip sync. Basically, somebody was saved there. And there have been people online who argue that if there was going to be a double Shantae, it should have been with Gia and Naomi. Okay? We'll, we'll, we'll discuss that when we get to that lip sync. But the right. point I'm making is I don't if – if every way you play it out, there's no way that, that RuPaul was trying to save Valentina because everything would have been the same. But go ahead. What was Willem's point? Well, Willem's point was that Rue was made aware that both girls picked the lipstick. Yeah. It's similar to the Ben controversy of last year. Okay. Only she rather than allow that to happen, she 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 changed it so that both girls so that nobody went home that week, just so that that way they could keep Valentina in the race one more one more week. Okay. So that that was that's pretty much the gist of it. That she she didn't like that and she wanted to save Valentina, so she made it so that nobody was eliminated at all and all four girls all but four Valentina girls would, would have been here this week anyway. Exactly. The difference is I think then you would have had five against five. And and that that's because that's the one thing that I didn't get with the whole six versus four until they recognized that Monet and Manila got were immune from being selected. Mm-hmm. Which also kind of doesn't feel fair, but that's 
neither here nor there. Um, the only way they could have possibly done that is if, if Valentina had been eliminated and then done similar to the year that Alyssa left and then immediately came back where she was she was in the back wearing the camera dress mm-hmm. on All Stars 2, it would have been five versus five. Yeah. And but, then everybody would have had to pick somebody to to lip sync against. Yeah, but but he- hear me out is if that's the case, okay, so then I have to do some math here, but the point is if you think about it, then it, you would have had to do some sort of weird costume change where Valentina would have looked weird, which they could have done, by the way. They, they don't immediately go back there, and, and Valentina could have easily gotten back into her funeral outfit to stand in the back of the workroom, right? Yeah. I, th- I think it was planned the whole time. Now, because. Oh, so do I. I agree with you on that. But, I, but this I is don't... where it's not fair, not, not to and not to you. I mean, it's just not. It's not. It. it we, this is a conversation to have in in the future because okay. this is where the spoilers come in is that people with spoilers know what's going to happen and it makes this theory seem even more wrong if that makes any sense okay, okay. i'll just say that and um and that's why i'm like well no it, it, it you know i know this is not i like these shows to be evergreen but to make my point Okay, to make my point, I think you should be evergreen. It, it, today, this is January nineteenth, two thousand nineteen. Yes. yes, and it's just it was there was a big story in the news a couple of days ago. Like, oh my god, Michael Cohen, Trump's lawyer, said that Trump. This is in BuzzFeed News that Donald Trump, you know, uh, directed him to lie to Congress. And I was like, oh my god, he has to be impeached, and and the Democrats are going crazy, and then. The independent counsel, Robert Mueller's team, had to do a rare thing where they came out and said, this is not accurate. The right. BuzzFeed was working with bad information. Okay? I kind right. of feel it's the same thing here. My theory is is that Willem got tea from one of the girls, possibly Gia, who mm-hmm. wasn't there for the Roast of Lady Bunny and wasn't there after, was only there for this episode, and just heard, oh, two girls picked Valentina because she saw that. Two girls picked Valentina, and Valentina didn't go home. And then they came up with this whole rigamorous trying to save Valentina drama. And they wrote this narrative in their heads. And mm-hmm. then they just decided that they ran with it, and Willem's is going to stick by it. Someone else pointed out, Willem has given very, like, shoddy tea in the past as well. So this isn't the first time that... And by the way, once again, I'm a big Willem fan. I, I did yeah. a huge thing on Willem last week. Okay, I'm a big Willem fan. But I think Willem is working with shoddy information. I, you know, I agree with Willem with a lot of his uh, points about RuPaul and the show and all this drama. But what I'm telling you is these things are well plotted out in the future. Maybe not necessarily who the queens are specifically are going to fill what roles, but um, but they're, they're plotted out in the future how things are going to go down. And I kind of think uh, this is not the case. I could see if Valentina went home and then didn't come back. You know, if it was if this was an episode like three episodes from now and this happened, I'd be like, yeah, that's yeah. fucking bullshit. Or if it was mm-hmm. three episodes ago, but right there's this moment, it nothing's changed. We're back where we started with episode four. What would have saved her saving her done? If anything, it would have made that episode more dramatic if Valentina went home. I mean, think about you just brought up the Alyssa point. Think about the Alyssa. When Alyssa went home, everyone's like, oh, my God, Alyssa just went home. Right? And then you're like, mm-hmm. oh, the bitch is back. Yeah. Uh, trust the Duchess when she says Willem is working with shoddy tea. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. 
at that on that note, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're going to jump dive right into the episode. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. And we're back. After last week's shocking conclusion, the girls turn around to see the returning queens. There's a moment of tension before they all start laughing and hug and kiki. Pheromone announced that they'll all have a chance to return to the competition. Monique is gooped. And Trinity is angry because apparently they both missed All-Stars 2 and 3 and are just shocked that people come back. (laughs) Jasmine wouldn't change a thing. Pheromone is bitter about her elimination. Monet and Manila both reveal that they would have both sent Valentina home. And Valentina feels like she was funny. Finally, Latrice Royale, Monique, and Monet have it out as to who would have and should have been sent home. Taylor Latte Boy, your thoughts on this uh, cold open? Jesus, a lot happened in that a cold lot, open. A lot happened in that. <laughs> and it was right. only like seven minutes. I mean, they did throw a bunch of shit at you all in yeah. seven minutes. I, I like the fact that it was everybody was excited to see each other. There were big mm-hmm. hugs, that kind of thing. Um, Valentina had a really good statement where she said my fantasy is my reality (laughs) and i feel like oh that's a diagnosable statement (laughs) um she's just sort of in her own world and i think that she she may have heard one chuckle and immediately in her head filled in all of the other laughs um i i i think that she's definitely playing it up for the cameras and and she she's having fun with it i guess but it it's was it just seemed very delusional, as did Latrice. I think a lot of what Latrice was saying was felt mm-hmm. she was very hurt and she was in her feelings. And mm-hmm. I I don't I don't know that that did her any good um, for goodwill. You know, as far as the be, being according to her the most beloved drag queen and drag queen in the history of the show, mm-hmm. uh, that 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 whole thing just felt like a little messy to mm-hmm. me. You commented like earlier on something about Latrice, about Latrice t- saying that All Stars Four didn't count. What were your thoughts on that specifically? Because we can talk All Stars One. Oh, sorry, All Stars One didn't count. I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. I think that's bullshit. And you know it's bullshit because they came into this competition as Team Latrilla. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously that is something that they came in together, and that has been discussed about All Stars. And then magically, when she's been eliminated, then suddenly, well, All Stars One doesn't count, so it's only been my second time. No, that's not true. We've seen you on three series of the show as a competitor. I agree with you. First of all, I want you to say on this Latrice thing, I completely 100% agree with you. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, but I will say, I wonder if the point she was making wasn't necessarily that it didn't exist, like ignore it. But I think in terms of filling out the report card. Don't judge her by All-Stars 1 because that was a completely different situation and doesn't count in evaluating someone on a report card because she was teamed with somebody else. In other words, it wasn't on her own merit. This is when she was on a team. It's like, in other words, do you judge Serena Williams uh, when she's playing sing- singles? I don't know, tennis. And, or versus, <laughs> does her doubles record count with her singles record? I think it's sort of Latrice's point. And I didn't pick Serena Williams because she's black. I picked her because she's a woman. But um, <laughs> but the point is, like, do you judge Serena because she's on? Her, do you judge her entire career on also her doubles? 
work. And I think that's the point Latrice is making. Well, I I think that I judge when they were on their uh, when they were in All Stars one. Mm-hmm. I judged each member individually. Okay. I mean, I get that they were teams, and that often they would win or lose teams up until the, you know, as win as teams or lose as teams at the very end. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, if you didn't have a strong teammate, it 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 wasn't that you know. I'm trying to think of somebody that didn't have a strong teammate. Okay, so all of the focus on All Stars one for Team Brown Flowers was on mm-hmm. Tammy Brown. Like mm-hmm. Nina Flowers just kind of faded to the back. Yeah. Okay. That doesn't make me think poorly of Tammy Brown. Mm-hmm. It just made me think a little bit like, well, then why is Nini? I don't understand why Nina's here. So if Nina had come back, I would have had the same reaction. Well, you weren't strong on All Stars one mm-hmm. for Team Latrilla. I almost want to say with Team Latrilla, Latrice wasn't that great on All Stars one. That that Medilla was kind of the one sort of holding up the team a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. So ultimately, then it sh- even though she was part of a team. Mm-hmm. You know, they have team challenges all the time on this show. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, you're, that is held to your report card if you're not a team player or if, you do, if you're somebody that brings down the entire team or you don't do as well on your team as everybody else, it's brought into consideration. Mm-hmm. All-Stars 1 should be the same. I, I, it makes but, sense but, in my head. Does it make sense no, when it, I say it? It makes <laughs> sense It makes sense to you. I, I, like I told you when I started this whole thing that I agree with you. I agree yeah. with you because actually the point that Monique was making to Latrice had nothing to do with what – this is the point. I, I was arguing Latrice's point. But what the point that Monique was saying, which I think is very valid, was, bitch, I judged you on your looks and you bring the same fucking look every single time in All-Stars 4, in All-Stars 1, in Season 4. And Latrice says, don't bring in All-Stars 1. But mm-hmm. in this case, the one thing you could, the one shot, the one shot at adrenaline that you could say about this show on, on All Stars One, they did their looks individually. They may have done the challenges in teams, but they didn't come out. You know, they, they did their looks individually. So, well, they did do the Teletubby thing. They did the te- <laughs> well. You don't have to say about that. Oh well, come on, Teletubby, teleport us to Mars. But um. <laughs> Is, you like how I like how I threw that softball at you? To- yeah, thank you. Tootsie Lou. <laughs> okay, and, and I'm sorry. I just have to do this just because I just love this clip. Ha! Ha! I'm acting. Okay, that that had no reference to anything. But I just loved. It. I just loved that clip and wanted to hear it. Okay. Hey, that's okay. Put some butter on it. Okay, so the point I'm making is, if you're just judge, you can judge Latrice on her looks. Because she did do those were Latrice walking down the runway in All Stars One, which that's the complaint, and we'll get to that when we talk to the looks. Is Latrice brings the same motherfucking look every single fucking goddamn week? It's up. She looks beautiful, but it's always yeah. some sort of beaded gap. But you could make the same argument about Bianca. Oh yeah, you could make the same argument about Bianca. So. You know, I mean, th- this is where you get into the discussion. It's an interesting point to have. But so I was just arguing Latrice's point. Um, it feels like I'm on the same coffee that uh, RuPaul was on this week. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else to say about this cold open? Um, no. Are we going to talk about the Valentina Farah moment or is that in the next section? It's in the next section. Okay. Even though they have a little bit of a moment, no, they don't have a moment at all in this cold open. No, but- she makes she makes the comment of she got her moment. She got to have her redemption, the Ariana Grande, and she got to send me home. So it was a perfect Valentina. It was a perfect orgasm of a show for Valentina, which I thought was funny. It's funny, but it's weird though. Like, and we'll talk about this when we get to that moment is 
Farrah's funny, but there's a, that biting truth to it, you know? Like, oh, yeah. she's really pressed about Valentina. Mm-hmm. Valentina's like her arch enemy. But anyway, let's move on. The next day, the girls enter the workroom just the way they started. Ten competitors. Gia wonders if Trinity is bothered, and Trinity denies it. RuPaul enters the workroom to announce this week's challenge. The eliminated queens, in reverse elimination order, will have the chance to choose a current all-star to challenge in a lip-sync battle for their lives. The winning queen gets to stay, and the losing queen gets to go home. Monet Exchange and Manila Luzon, as the winners of the previous challenge, have immunity. In the workroom, Monet feels something. Uh, she's well. She's worried about um, what if the next day they come in, and it's all different girls except for Monet and Manila. Uh, Valentina and Farah have a heart to heart. Monique thinks Latrice will pick her because she was being disingenuine. Trinity is not scared, and Gia doesn't believe her. And Latrice is very confident about her return to the competition. Next, Naomi is nervous and Gia confesses her fears. Latrice and Jasmine talk about Jasmine's chances and how they're old school drag queens. Trinity gives Pheromone some advice. Monet and Manila are excited they don't have to lip sync. And Latrice and Naomi have some fun reading each other at the mirror. Before you say anything, Taylor, it's essentially we, we basically did everything up until the looks right there. Because essentially, this episode only had three parts. The cold open, a very extended uh, Elimination Day mirror moments, and then the yeah. looks and the lip syncs. It was like, yeah. that's pretty much what the episode was. So that's we're covering all of that right now. Uh, what did you want to tackle first? Did you want? Did you, I know you want to talk. Let's talk about Valentina and, and Farrah right now. What were your thoughts on that? It felt like, I don't know. It, 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 had, it could have gone one way or another. The whole, mm-hmm. uh, 100%, do you really think I was the worst one up there? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. There seems to be between the two of them that that to me did not feel like a shady thing to say mm-hmm. that felt like when Valentina said that, even though Farrah didn't want to hear that. I say this all the time to various. I say this to my husband all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't ask questions you might not like the answer to. Mm-hmm. And that felt like one of those that Valentina had enough respect for Farrah and mm-hmm. did actually value her friendship to where she would say, yeah, no, you were the worst. That's why I picked you. Mm-hmm. Even though Farrah was like, wow, wow, thanks a lot. There's something about that that I appreciated Valentina a little bit for actually saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, Whereas if I feel like if Farrah had asked Gia that, Gia, Gia would have said, yeah, and then come for her. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it shows that the, these two do have this. They were referred to at one point as the ultimate frenemies. I think, I think Trinity said that at one point. Mm-hmm. And it definitely is a... A fr- well, the thing, the beautiful thing about frenemies is that you might not like each other all the time, but you respect one another. Mm-hmm. There is there is a respect. There is a respect for your competitor, and in that regards, I liked this scene a little bit, even though it could have been much more dramatic than it was. Mm-hmm. And I think that f- the way they edited Farrah's confessionals, it made it look like it was a little bit more dramatic than it was. I feel like because even Valentine at the end was like, "You do what you got to do. If you got to pick me, pick me." But it wasn't like a you know good luck bitch it was just a i i get it and you you do what you got to do it it was a it was a good moment for it me. was like that first uh uh sequence in kill bill when uma yeah. thurman goes after uh, vivica a fox yes and yes. she kills vivica a fox and then the little girl is standing there and sees uh uma thurman kill her mother and she leans down and she tells the little girl in a few years you're gonna feel a certain way and you're going to want to come for me. And when you do, I'll be ready. Something like that, right? Yeah. And I'll understand. Something like that. Yeah. I'll understand. I'll understand. Yeah. I'll understand. And I'll be ready. Yeah. 
So, which we have oh, that's a great movie. Now I want to see that movie. <laughs> yeah, Kill Bill. It's a good, I think it's on Netflix right now, actually. Oh, so, I own it. I own it on Blu-ray. Oh, do you? Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, it does remind. It is sort of like that moment. You know, um, I'm going to comment on that, but then I realized, and I'll use this moment to to circle back to something we were talking about earlier. I didn't get to make my point. It, it has to do with Valentina. I get the sense that both of these girls know what good television is, and I'll tell you what I mean. There's a shot when they're doing when they're playing Ferris package at the beginning, not the, her dick, but like all the. <laughs> I was like, I missed that part. Yeah, they're they're showing all the the girls leaving. Uh-huh. They show a shot uh, in the previously on where it's a very cool shot of Ferris saying goodbye in the door, but Valentina is in the foreground, and mm-hmm. she has this very telenovela, very dramatic look on her face. Because yes. the camera's right in her face. And so Valentina is always very aware that the camera's on her and is... Because even when Farrah's going to challenge her, Valentina knows and she's doing that like telenovela pose on the stage, waiting mm-hmm. for Farrah to choose her. And she's just very aware of who she is all the time, very aware of how she's appearing, knows where the camera is, knows all, always knows where the camera is and is always on. Finds and her light. She, always, she, she can always find the light. finds her light. Valentina yes. always finds her light. It's a strength and it's a curse. And the point I'm making here is, I think, and I think Farrah does too. I think, because remember during the Gia argument, Mm -hmm. and I made, I think Larry was on the show then, and I made the point, that's the real Farrah. When we saw, you know, Farrah likes to put this persona out of like, oh, I'm Farrah Moan and I cry. But when we actually yeah. saw Push Come to Shove, she is a brave person. And she yeah. does not fuck around. That's the person we saw fighting with Gia was the real Farrah. Okay. Yeah. So they're both very aware of their perceived uh, personas. Okay. The perception mm. out there in the fandom. And I think what you saw there was. You know, when uh, the guy I was just dating, who, by the way, everyone should know, uh, since previously on, Joe had been broken up with. But the guy I was dating, uh, and, and, and this is a brief peek into Joe's life, is someone that fell in love with me based on the show. Okay? Okay. And this is going somewhere. And then got to know the real me in a way that few people ever do. Okay? Mm-hmm. And... I and he's the one that termed the he coined the term. There's Joe Batanz and then there's Show Batanz. Okay, mm-hmm. and what's funny is not it's not that Show Batanz. Oh no no, you know who's a better example is Evan. Let's take Evan. Okay. Evan Ayers. Uh, Evan Ayers. For those of you who listen, is is a host, a co-host on Patreon, and I would say the relationship between us on the show is like mean older brother to his younger brother. Correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, like picking on his younger brother. I'm kind of mean to him. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Evan has told me privately, he's complained to me privately that he doesn't like the way I treat him on the show. That, but he, that I'm so nice to him in private. And yeah. that then I'm fake on the show and I'm mean to him. And what I struggle with. Which is funny because I'm nice to you on the show, but I'm mean to you when we talk <laughs> on the show. <laughs> it's just so true, actually. <laughs> But the point I've always made, I don't know if I ever made this to Evan, but I've made this to other people in private, is I feel I'm braver on the show than I am in real life. So, mm-hmm. yes, I mean, obviously the person in real life, I'm not I'm not Shobatance in real life, but it's not mm-hmm. that Shobatance is fake. Shobatance is just braver when the mic is on and says the things he's always been feeling, 
but he's, he feels brave when there's a microphone there and there's an audience there, but doesn't have the courage or the guts to say that to that person in private, which is well, a one, fault of mine. It's a fault of mine. And another person that you've talked about and just talked about recently on an episode I was listening to is Willem. Yeah. Willem's persona when there's a microphone in front of her is very different from what you have said she is like in real life and that we've heard from other people that she's a very kind, giving queen that is very, you know, appreciates the support of her fans. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I that's- would say if there were a line of all the drag queens on RuPaul's Drag Race and you were a fan who's shy and afraid of being a drag queen, I would say go to Willem first. Willem will take the time to spend time with you. I think Jinx is the same way too, but like, but but you you expect that from Jinx. Mm-hmm. But Willem would actually, you would be surprised at how kind and giving and generous Willem is at one-on-one situations, or even in, in, in just not when the camera's on. Anyway, yeah. I've seen it a million times. But the point is that um, in the same thing, and it applies to this Valentina and Pheromone situation because I feel that they are both have the bravery now to talk to each other, but be, when the cameras are on. And you know what? There's something very interesting. I, I clocked this just, I didn't think I was going to talk about it on the show. But to prove my point is they don't look at each other. They look at each other in the mirror. And you know, you know mm-hmm. that's a one-way mirror where the camera is. So yeah. they're actually speaking to, even though they're standing right next to each other, they're not looking at it. In other words, if you in real life, if we were have if you and I were having this conversation standing right next to each other, okay, you and I would turn and have this conversation and look at each other. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what they're actually doing, if you think about it, go back and look at the scene, they're standing side to side, not looking at each other. They're looking at each other in the mirror, but through a camera. There's a camera right there, and they're looking in the camera and talking to each other through the camera and that's the way they relate to each other as real human beings is through the camera and in fact not not to uh i, I didn't do this again i didn't know i was going to talk about this but you know the the uh, the quote i played at the beginning right here hi how are you you're back are you happy that's valentina saying i'm not going to be that kind of person who says that but it mm-hmm. seems that the only time she's brave enough to do that is when there's a camera on front of them in front of them where she knows she has to be honest to her feelings, but again, doesn't have the courage to look her in the eyes, only looks at what you would say is not really her image, but I mean, not really her, but a reflection of her, and it's through a camera. It's all very complex, Taylor, but what I'm saying is, is a very interesting scene because they don't, people have, especially on the show, have the courage to say the truth to each other only when the camera's there. Uh, your thoughts on that? But that wasn't what the point I wanted to make right now anyway, but go ahead. Some some good observations on your part. Thank you. Absolutely. And I think that they both do know how to give good television. They do. And they I, – I hadn't really thought of it in that way. So I agree. Now, going back to what you said earlier about Valentina and you said she's delusional. And, and I want to say versus Latrice and – now, by the way, once again, like I said earlier – both of them are playing with reality, and they're both delusional. I agree with mm-hmm. you. But I wonder if there is some sort of power to this for one and one power to the other. And I'm talking – now I'm going to go to an area where you're going to sigh in terms of the power of manifestation. And what I mean is notice that the, that the delusion that Latrice is – and I'm going to sound very much like RuPaul – is that the ego always tries to attack – 
the fir- the ego's first response is to attack. And when Monique is, de- I'm sorry, when Latrice is delusional, it's coming from a place of hurt. And she's trying to protect herself. So the way she does is she she reshapes reality to protect herself. Now, you can argue, and I, and I would agree, that Valentina is doing the same thing. But what Latrice is doing is trying to drag everyone down to her level in a place of anger. And what Valentina's delusions are doing are trying to raise everyone in a, in like, this is... In other words, it's one is a very rosy painting and one's a very sort of dark painting. And I'm not saying that one's right or one's wrong, but I'm and, and I think and I think both are delusional. But the argument I'm making is that Valentina, by doing that delusion, I think that's the reason she's successful because she sees the world as she wants it to be in this term that I'm wonderful and I'm perfect and I'm beautiful and I look like Linda Evangelista. Mm-hmm. Okay. And therefore, the the universe provides and shapes itself to match the way Valentina sees it. And I'm not saying it's correct. I'll give you a perfect example. I've said this before. I cannot stand Donald Trump. Okay? Mm -hmm. I will be dancing in the streets when Donald Trump is gone. Okay? But I will say, I have never seen a more maleficent, um, a better person at being maleficent about the power of manifestation than Donald Trump. Do- Donald Trump's narcissism is so great that it can manifest the reality that he wants. And people just go along with it and therefore provide that reality for him. That's sort of the argument that I'm making is that Valentina, I don't know if she's malicious or not. People call her Valentina. Maybe she is. But the power of her ego and narcissism is so powerful that she says, this is the world the way I see it and convinces you to go along with it. Thereby, by, by since you go along with it, you build that future for her. That's why she's on rent in a couple of weeks. Okay. There's a person I was just talking to the other day, and I'm going to let you talk to him. I've been doing a monologue, essentially, uh, is a person of the other day who his life is so amazing, right? But he's mm-hmm. so amazing. It's so amazing. I'll tell you off the air who it is because I want to be obnoxious about it later. But he's so amazing because it's so amazing for him because he just thinks he's super rad. And because he thinks he's super rad, things are always rad. Mm-hmm. And we'll, again, remind me to tell you about this off the air, but I was just kind of annoyed by this person. But that's why amazing things happen for this person. He just believes... A, person, a very smart person of mine told me once, and I, a very far, smart friend of mine told me once... I just tell everyone how rad I am, and they believe me, and then it's my job to prove my, I'm right. You know, And I think if you just tell people how you are, mm-hmm. then they're going to really buy into that, but you have to prove that you're right. I'm sorry. I've been totally manipulating the conversation. Please go on. No, I think what you're describing is – I guess I know you're talking about A Course in Miracles and, and, and that sort of stuff. I – from my angle, it's looking at cognitive distortions mm-hmm. and the cognitive distortions. When you're talking specifically about Latrice, cognitive distortions is, is different ways of thinking for those who don't know what they are. It's different ways of thinking that we tell ourselves as defense mechanisms when we feel attacked or we don't feel really great about things. So we, we come up with reasons why rather than looking within, we project, we often project out mm-hmm. and, what she was doing there was not recognizing that she's been sort of flatlining most of the season and not taking any sort of personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. So she is lashing out and she wants that to be the reality. Uh, Valentina, I agree and disagree with you because I think that part of that also is that Valentina recognizes that if I act delusional, Mm -hmm. Valentina is very smart. Mm -hmm. And if she acts delusional, she's going to get more airtime. 
So I think that part of that may be that it's not so much that that is the actual reality as much as it is where I know that if they all say Valentina, nobody laughed and she went, yeah, I know. Then that's the end of her part of that segment. But if she does that whole, I don't understand. I thought I was funny. Everybody was laughing at everything I was saying. She's going to get that extra 30 seconds, one minute, two minutes worth of airtime where they're going to discuss that even more. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. And in fact, I'm going to say I'm going to extend what you're saying. But don't you think that a person's cognitive distortions can sometimes, even for the reason, in other words, you're right, you're diagnosing Valentina, but don't you think in a certain case, like, there's a way of having a cognitive distortion where it makes you look negative, and that's Latrice, but then there's a way of having a cognitive distortion where you're still, it's the same thing, but there can have a positive effect. I'll give you a perfect example. And I actually was a big fan of Howard Stern for you. I studied Howard Stern the way people study the Torah, right? Yeah. And... Years and years ago, and I'm old enough to remember this, he was making fun of Michael Jackson for calling mm-hmm. himself the Prince of Pop. Okay? For right. labeling himself the Prince of Pop. And to make fun of that, he decided to call himself the King of All Media. Right? Right. And maybe he believed it or maybe he didn't. Okay? And the media and the press made fun of him and he said he would call himself the self-labeled King of All Media. But then all of a sudden, he just said it enough times and they said it enough times that people believe it right and it's not necessarily true you know you might argue that oprah is the queen of all media right there are people who are bigger than howard stern but he called himself that enough times that people just bought into that he's the king of all media that's the argument i'm making for valentina i'm not denying her cognitive distortion I'm mm-hmm. just saying, does she just say it enough time that people just start believing it? I'm sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you on that because I. Th- I think we're both right yeah. there. You know, the statement that I remember from the reunion of her season was where she said something along the lines of, "I've always been a star that everybody just needed to find," mm-hmm. sort of thing. And I think that she is very good at manipulating us and manipulating the camera and manipulating airtime and manipulating attention so that she can have opportunities like where she can go be angel on the rent, the live Mm -hmm. broadcast of rent Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. I just, I think that part of this is where she tells herself, I am amazing. I am great. What am I going to do to let everybody know because even sometimes a little bit of negative attention will get me positive opportunities later Mm -hmm. on. So it's similar to, and I'm going deep, deep in baseball, but this one of my all time favorite movies is Soap Dish okay. from the early nineties. Okay. Mm-hmm. Takes place on a soap opera. And my favorite character is Kathy Moriarty's character. She plays nurse Nan okay. on the soap opera. And at one point she recognizes that she's, she's, she's very um, devious and she's much, she's very plotting. And she recognizes that suddenly everybody is getting more attention than she is. So at one point she's sitting in her dressing room with her hands folded and she's looking into the mirror and she says something like, forgive me God for what I'm about to do. And she comes up with this, whole plan of where she tells everyone she's pregnant with kevin klein's baby okay so what she's doing in that moment is similar to where she recognizes that a little bit of negative shocking publicity i.e valentina going well i was hysterical every bit is going to get her attention and is going to keep the focus on her oh now you're looking at me let me turn it up during my lip sync i'm going to do some amazing things and turn it out so you forget about the delusional statements you recognize you, you can see why I'm, I went through that delusion and I'm sort of thinking – you just think to yourself, well, that's just Valentina. But you know what? She is a star, so let's put her on rent and let's give her all sorts of opportunities and let's give her fashion spreads and magazines and, and that sort of thing. Sprinkles enough crazy in to keep it interesting. 
I was worried earlier. I'm like, we're gonna, what are we going to fucking talk about with this show? <laughs> and meanwhile, we've done longer than ever before. I should never think that. Uh, all right. You know what? Actually, I was going to go to a commercial here. Why don't we actually uh, go into the looks and then we'll take a break and then we'll talk about the lip syncs and get out of here. All, all right. right. Uh, now it's time for the looks. Taylor, what do you all got right. for us? Okay. So I can say that this has been this look catalog portfolio whatever you call it has some of my favorite looks of the season and some of my least favorite looks of the season oh interesting yes um i don't have the looks up but i think i remember the order they came in first was jasmine masters and jasmine came in in a white uh bedazzled bodysuit with roses Mm -hmm. and had very big diana ross hair um i did not like this look at all this mm-hmm. look definitely gets a boot for me. Mm-hmm. She she looked it. She didn't look polished. She didn't look put together for something that was supposed to be eleganza and your return to Drag Race. Not strong. So this look gets a boot for me. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Look, here's how I feel. It's one of these things where if she was doing a Monday night at Mickey's, like a random Monday night at Mickey's, I would be like, oh, this bitch looks fierce. But you're on fucking national TV, baby. And this is supposed to be, you're going to try, you want to wow the judges so that you come back. They want to bring you back for this show. And I didn't feel she brought it for that level. But regular Monday Night at Mickey's? Yeah, that's great. But yeah, I agree with you. All right. So next up was Pheromone. Mm -hmm. Pheromone was, I feel like, playing homage to her um, outfit that she wore for the burlesque number. It was it was pinks and purples and yellows, and she had lots of ribbons for sleeves. Her hair was slightly different. It was slightly um, more deflated and long. Mm-hmm. I liked this. I, I I I love that color combination of the gradient purple going into the yellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminds me very much of like a strawberry lemonade. Like that's sort of the image that I get. Mm-hmm. My, that's because I'm a diabetic and I love sugar. But. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I thought she, I thought she looked great. I would have liked to see the hair slightly bigger, but uh, all in all, she gets a boot. She gets a toot for me. What do you think? You, you were talking about homages, and I would say the homage for me was it seemed like a very Jade Jolie homage. Uh, now look, Jade Jolie, maybe Jade Jolie with some edits. I think she looks great. She looks fantastic. She looks very fishy. I'm not saying whether that's good or bad, but she looks mm-hmm. very, very, very fish for days. The house down boots. Yeah. Yes, Mama God. Yes, whatever. <laughs> but um, but uh, it was fine for 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 Farrah, I thought she looked great. Yeah, but again, yeah. it seemed very Jade. That's how Jade Jolie sees herself. Okay, I give yeah. it a two. All right, great. Next up was Gia Gunn. Gia came out in a combination schoolgirl outfit with a lot of uh, tulle for what was clearly a reveal look. It, it did not fit her well. And as soon as she came out, I said, there's something uh, There's something definitely under that dress. Mm-hmm. And then she made some rec- reference to the fact that where she said, you know, I've got my reveal ready to go, which my husband and I just sort of laughed because it, it's getting to where... You kind of expect the death drops, and now you can kind of expect some of these outfits where you go, okay, this is this is good. There's going to be a reveal under that. Which is so, so funny because I didn't – I'm such a dummy. I didn't see the reveal coming at all. I buy into the narratives they give me. I didn't see – and right now I was looking at it again. You see the little gold lame peeking out under her skirt. But mm-hmm. I was totally gooped, America, when she uh, did her um, – 
reveal. So I didn't see okay. it. And so at the time, I would have I would have told you it was boring. I was like, mm, whatever, schoolgirl. So, yeah. Okay. That's my thoughts. Okay. So do we want to talk about the reveal, or do we want to do that at the lip sync? Let's talk about the, the lip sync. Look. Okay. Okay. So then next up is Latrice, mm-hmm. and Latrice comes out in a sky blue, and I want to say I'm doing this all from memory. A gold. Yeah, gold or like a like it's a gold. taupe sort of with blue fringe, and then she has like Muppet fringe on one sleeve, and it's a short skirt, and she has big blonde hair. Boring, just super super boring. Not not one of my favorite looks from Latrice at all. This was a mm-hmm. big big boot. Well, she had something she could dance in, and she's she's usually used to wearing gowns. Uh, right. But again, with the fringe, it's a look that we've seen before. Yeah, we get it. You like you like sequins. Yeah, and this look, a lot of people have very strong feelings about Eureka. I think Eureka should make a living designing clothes for other big girls because Eureka knows how to do it. And Eureka mm-hmm. does it very, very well. And I wonder, I would love to see what Eureka would have done with a similar kind of feel. Uh, I think it would have, she would have kind of turned it out. But well, the, the yeah. very least, a different hair. Well, because again, you're going with the reveal. I didn't think about it at the time, but that wig is for a later reveal. Yeah. But it's like, a, it's like one of the wigs RuPaul threw away. Yeah, it it just feels very oh shit, I need to put something on over top of the reveal. Well, yeah. I wore this wig when I was eliminated. Let me throw it on again. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. So, next, uh, do you have are you watching it? I'm so watching it. Yeah, it's Manila Luzon. Okay. So amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved it. everything about I love Manila's aesthetic and I particularly love whenever queens wear this silhouette, this very late 50s, early 60s with the with the big poofy skirt mm-hmm. and the big floppy hat. Mm-hmm. I love that Manila often uses pop culture references or uses references of where she combines things. You know, case and example, the big bird outfit from the yeah. infamous lip sync back on her season. So the whole spaghetti and meatballs using the, the gingham... Uh, gingham uh tablecloth and with the big hat with the spaghetti straps making the actual strap for the spaghetti strap so to speak even like the big marinara stain on the on her back i was expecting some sort of joke about having a stain on her back mm-hmm. um but just i just i just loved it her hair and makeup were flawless mm-hmm. she just looked so beautiful during this mm-hmm. my favorite look of the night Toot, toot, toot. It is a great look. And you know what's so funny is last year during All Stars 3, there was a lot of like, it was so obvious that Ben was just fucking cleaning house. That you were like, Ben is this freight train. Is anything going to stop Ben? And mm-hmm. yet, quietly, Manila's been doing the same and no one's talking about it. Mm hmm. In fact, the worst thing that could have happened to Manila this this episode was that she was safe, because she's knocked it out of the ballpark like the past the past three episodes, yeah, or all the episodes. But she's been in the top for three or four of the episodes out of the yeah. five that that lead up to this, and so she's just not in the top here because she's just safe because she's um, immune. So I don't know why she's she's kind of not seen as the force to be reckoned with that Ben was at the same point in the competition. Yeah, I don't know. It's very strange. All right, let's well, move she's on. also oh, I, she hasn't necessarily been where she's sending somebody home every exactly. week. Exactly, where, right. like where it felt like every week it was just Ben's turn to send somebody home. You're right. You're right. Yeah. All right. Moving on, Monet Exchange. Monet Exchange came out in a taupe and blue gown with hair that kind of matched. I thought she looked very pretty. It was sort of a safe look. She talked about how she was trying to be glamorous, even though she was safe this week and. 
I think safe just sort of sums up the entire the entire look. It was it was a nice look. She looked pretty. It wasn't one of my favorite looks. You're right, but like again, if you have some better gowns, if you're immune this week, why mm-hmm. do, why don't you just trot out this? It's a safe trot out the safe look for your safe week. Why wow them in a week when you don't have to? Oh no, I agree. It just everything about it's red safe. Yeah, you're right. So, but it was it, she didn't look horrible. So I'll give it a boot, lowercase b boot. No okay. toot, lowercase t toot. All right. Uh, okay, so now next up we have Monique Hart. Monique Hart came out with big, big hair that she said, you know, you know, full hair for the folks in the back, and with this blue and purple cockamamie thing that she had wrapped around her, and she had weird fringe. I did not like this at all. I very much, well, I liked the reveal later. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that. But um, the hair looked okay. Her makeup looked the best. Her makeup has looked all season on the runway. Yeah. I thought. I thought she looked great. Uh, from the face up, but the the neck down, not not feeling it. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to give this look a boot from the neck down, toot from the head up. Okay, very good. Now, who's do you happen to know who's next? Or is it Valentina or is it Trinity? It is Naomi Smalls. Oh, it is Naomi Smalls. Okay, I did not like Naomi's oh, look at all. I I figured you would because it's it's all body yaddy yaddy and it's it's just it's pretty she's basically naked walking down the runway. Um, I'm looking at it now. I I okay. Do you need a moment? Uh, Furry porn. I was gonna say. Do you need to watch your furry porn again? Um, it was it was I I didn't like. Is it was it all leather? Uh, uh, the top is definitely leather. The bottom is. A normal like underwear fabric. I don't know. I don't know clothing terms, but there are some like leather and chain sort of like straps. But it's not. It, it, she had normal panties on, like a bikini. Okay. Bottom. It just it just felt I, she was doing it for the body, and I get it. She's got an amazing body. Um, I I I, I wish last week being on last week's episode was to talk about that prince outfit with the legs and everything was just incredible. I'm not gonna um, joke. If I ever I, if I ever was blessed enough to be able to have sex with Naomi Smalls. I would want to have sex with her in this outfit. In the, in the red outfit? Yeah. With that hair and everything. Oh, yeah. All right. So, well, I, I, I'm going to give this a boot, but it sounds like you're going to give it a toot. Oh, my God. I just, I'm so, Taylor, I'm so fucking in love with this outfit. Okay. Okay. Ooh, you're creeping me out. Stop it. Stop it. Go to the next queen. Go to the next queen. <laughs> oh, I just want some time alone with this outfit. And look the way she's just moving those hips. Oh, just... Working. I will sign off <laughs> <laughs> because I can't see where your hands are right now. So I will sign off. All right. Next is Trinity the Tuck. Trinity, uh, Tr- Trinity that came out with this big cloak. Um, yeah. And again, another example of from the neck down. I mean, I get that she was going to have a reveal later, which mm-hmm. I say that in rabbit ears. I thought her makeup was flawless. I loved the hair. I loved the combination of the light brown hair with the blonde streaks through it. Kind of, kind of similar to Manila with the skunk stripe, but she ha- she had these highlights or whatever you want to call them. And I mm-hmm. thought from the neck up, she looked beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not necessarily there's times that she's a little jarring with mm-hmm. her makeup. Yeah, but I thought that she looked she looked very somehow soft and strong at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I, I I loved her from the neck up, but I was expecting more with the reveal than we actually got. 
So. I just think it, to come out in a cloak, to me, there are two separate parts of the challenge on this one. Yeah. There's the look and there's the lip sync. And to come out yeah. and cheat because you're saving it for the lip sync, to me, it, you failed the first part of the challenge. Because yes. you're saving it for I the would agree part. with that 100%. Yeah. So it's 100% boot for me on this one. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just a fucking cloak. So I'm just like, yeah. Okay. And, and she's working. like, Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. And it's just... Because, you know, Valentina was wearing a... I'm not Valentina. was wearing a big cloak at the end for her reveal. I think it was going to be like pinatas and balloons or something, as Larry yeah. revealed. But, like, imagine she would have done the look just in that cloak. That would have been fucked up. All right. Next yeah. we have Valentina. Valentina, I was here for this look. Mm-hmm. I loved the cat suit. Mm-hmm. And I particularly went crazy for the hair. The yeah. wig was so fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. She looked like... Remember back when we were kids and you'd watch Bugs Bunny in the afternoon? Oh, yeah. And they would have all of the caricatures of movie stars from the 30s and 40s. Uh-huh. Yeah. They would be like in some of the some of the episodes mm-hmm. where they would be in the background of Bugs Bunny would go into like the Hollywood Bowl. Or yeah, it would be like Clark like Gable and something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like Clark Gable. Oh, she very she was she looked like a Rita Hayworth caricature to me. And I mean that as a compliment that I thought that everything about that hair was just sick. It just I just loved everything about that wig. And I thought her body looked great. And I thought her makeup was good. Manila was my favorite. Valentina was my second favorite look of the night. Now, did you pick Rita Hayworth because she was a secret Latina? No, (laughs) no, I didn't. I I don't think I uh, maybe did. I know that. I I think I didn't know that. But yeah, she was secretly Latina. They kind of hid that. Um, it wasn't like, yeah, I don't know how much they talked about it, but yeah. Um, yeah, she looked fantastic. I thought you were going to say she looked like when Bugs Bunny would dress up as a girl. No. <laughs> but by the way, when fucking Bugs Bunny would dress up as a girl. Okay. Uh, seriously. Seriously. It's one button and it just says hang out from call. That's. All right. Well, anyway, that is the look. The looks. Sorry. Um, all right. Over on Patreon. Our supporters got this episode as soon as it was recorded. Uh, they got to hear an actual female comic, Lloyd Roggenkamp, talk about the roasts on Reclaiming Our Time, uh, a diverse perspective on RuPaul's Drag Race. They, all got, they also got a special listener call-in episode for the rumor mill. They heard a recap. Oh, which, by the way, if you, for those of you, because it's, it's a long episode, it's two hours. So if you haven't listened, I didn't mention this in the description of the show. Taylor the Latte Boy calls in. Surprise appearance by Taylor the Latte Boy because one of the people who called in revealed that he had a huge crush on Taylor. So I make his century and I have Taylor jump in on the call. Oh my! He's God. in the chat room right now. I'm oh, looking is at he? Yeah. Oh really? Have Hi, you guys Travis. Been snapping. Yep. Oh He's really? Oh, Congratu- has- congratulations on your nephew. We follow each other on Instagram stories. Oh, wow. Taylor Taylor has a big-ass smile on his face. All right. <laughs> uh, also, um, they also okay. They also heard a recap of Dragula Season 2, which is coming to an end. They got the very first episode of our brand new show, Fat Camp, with Joe and Lori. Have you listened to Fat Camp yet? No, I just listened to Reclaiming My Time last night while I was laying in bed. Oh, what were you And I had to go back and listen to the second half because I fell asleep. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what? But I will go back and listen to the second half of it. What were your thoughts on the first half of it? The first half was great. I I love Jamila. Uh-huh. I think Jamila's amazing. I loved all of the jokes that Lori was going to call nine one one on her. Um, <laughs> and I, I when when I come out, I remember last year when I was going to come to Los Angeles yes. and we had a list of things that we needed to do. Yeah, meeting Lori has to be added to the list of things. Yeah, I have to meet Lori. She's she's just she's I love 
I love how she gets under your skin and you just giggle anytime <laughs> she talks. It's She's amazing. All right. Coming up this week, we have two fashion experts weigh in on the week's looks. We discuss the latest rumors in tea and cover the season finale of Dragula Season 2. That still leaves out RuPaul Radio in the first response episode like I told you about. It's a lot of content and it's only $3 a month. Uh, so head over to patreon.com slash drag race recap to get all this and more. That's patreon.com slash drag race recap. I got to mention something. This is not part of the copy that I have to read about the commercials. But um, Taylor and I, before the show started, we were just chatting and we got into a 20 minute conversation about an animated furry porn that I watched the other day. And Taylor watched it live. And it's, we're going to release that as a special bonus episode on patreon so if you're if you are not on patreon i'm telling you you're gonna want to listen to this <laughs> bonus uh show that's gonna be exclusive to patreon supporters uh check it bonus, out bonus more like boner <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i think once they learn what that furry at, uh, anime porn is about they're not gonna they're gonna be the anti-boner wouldn't you agree uh, I, I did yeah that's it's 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 uh I, you, you can't unring a bell <laughs> yeah no you can some things you can't unsee you can't unring a bell okay so why don't we take a break right here and we will be right back with the lip syncs chica tu madre <laughs> yeah it means fuck your mother okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> all right okay. here we go um Let's talk about those lip syncs. The first one we have up is Jasmine Masters versus Trinity. Well, first of all, what were you? You didn't say this in the looks part. What were your thoughts on RuPaul's look? RuPaul looks great. I love that RuPaul is showing leg. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought I thought everything about her. She looked she looked great. Mm -hmm. I will say this though. Yeah. If another queen had come out wearing that. And her skirt hiked up as much as Ru's did when she was walking, they would they would get called to the carpet for that. Because definitely by the time – from where she started at the end of the runway to walking to the, the, the judges, that skirt was hiking up, hiking up, hiking up. Mm-hmm. So – which I think just the way – I mean it looked like it was made of like patent leather or plastic or something like that. So mm-hmm. I think it's – you can't really help it. But I I could see if Trinity came out in an outfit like that, Michelle would read her to filth that it was riding up on her. Yeah. Oh, look at Taylor with his big uh, – sorry, RuPaul. <laughs> You're the real star of the show. Okay, uh, Jasmine Masters versus Trinity the Tuck. They, the song was Peanut Butter. Taylor Lotte, what your thoughts on this uh, lip sync? It was an okay lip sync. Um, Trinity's reveal looked like everything that Trinity kind of wears whenever mm-hmm. she's going to lip sync. Um, Jasmine, I I don't get why you wouldn't. It was clear Jasmine didn't know the words. She where the she words. was she was very much where she was kind of, you know, saying blah, 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 blah a couple of times or doing a lot of, I heard on another podcast that it is common for if the Queens don't know the words to walk to the back of the stage. Mm -hmm. And it felt like she was doing that, but she was just kind of getting her hair in her face that you couldn't tell. Mm -hmm. And it almost looks like halfway through, she realized, Oh, I'm done. This is, I'm just going to, I'm going to do the bare minimum because Trinity clearly has this. You know, and she knew that even before the lip sync. I mean, that's probably why she didn't even learn the words. Like, bitch, I'm not, I'm not winning against Trinity the Tuck. But then, why wouldn't you at least try to give your best? I don't it- know because then she could have an excuse later. Because imagine if she did her best, because she sees herself as a lip syncer, 
then so she does her best and then loses and then it means she's not the best lip syncer that she thinks she is but then she can always well, how many how many times has she lip synced on the show i mean she lip synced when she went home did she lip sync yeah i don't i yet um i don't think know if she, i don't remember if she lip synced before that i can't remember she does if, if, if evan was here evan would know evan would know for sure but i'll tell you this uh, the first week Evan was on, I guess Jasmine did, Jasmine did a, a spot at the bar, at the bar by his house, mm-hmm. and he, uh, one of his friends went and sent me a video, and it is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my entire life. Where, where she rolled down the steps? Where she rolled down the stairs. Yeah. Did you see it? That was so fucking hilarious and rad. <laughs> where, guys, what you, what you understand is she did something like what a child would do. There were these steps on the stage, and then she <laughs> got on her back and put her, crossed her arms over her her chest and then just rolled down the stairs like a roll of carpet uh yeah, during the like you did when you were a kid down that, a hill yeah like you did do when you kid down a hill and it was one of the funniest and most random things i've ever seen a <laughs> drag queen doing a stage it was so bizarre and um yeah so i wish she, she would have pulled some of that um buffoonery on the stage i think it was she would have won but i think she wants to have the plausible de- deniability that she was like i didn't know the word i didn't care i knew trinity was going home so i didn't care and then she doesn't lose she can always still say she's a lip syncer that she just didn't care or try because she knew it yeah. lived against her uh that, and, and i also want to comment that the song peanut butter is horrible yes it's a horrible it a horrible, horrible song. song now there's this conspiracy theory out there it's already floating out there and um i want to know your thoughts on this because this is a good one to talk about it is that all four boxes had the same song in them and i the, could see that and yes. so that all four boxes had the song peanut butter and then when the pit crew went away they would switch out the songs in the boxes and that the girls were only learning that one song because yes. peanut butter is going to be tailor-made for trinity so that yes. she show off shaking her ass do you agree yes. with this conspiracy theory? I completely agree with that conspiracy because my thought at one point was, okay, so technically they're just back. And I also get that they give them the list of songs and that I I, I get they get the list of songs before the season starts and everything. But you mean to tell me that within the course of one night, they all had to learn and create choreography and create illusions and everything for four separate songs. And you're not going to know what song you're getting until they open up. Get real. No, I, I I thought that absolutely they already knew what songs they were doing going in. Okay, very good. Um, so wait, 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 though. Mm-hmm. Does that mean, though, now, now, now that I just said that, does that mean that the queens already knew who was picking them and that they just have to act surprised? Like they always do when Rue walks in after they watch the video where she always comes and goes, hello, hello, hello. And they all like scream like they weren't expecting her to stand yeah. behind them. Mm-hmm. I know. It's, so I, I think that I I... I Think well, we what they could have something. done too is they, you don't know the actual sequence of events, so they could have had the queens come in and pick those lipsticks long before even the girls walked into the workroom. In other words, mm-hmm. those eliminated queens could have done it while they were while the in the previous episode the girls were doing the roast. They could have been in the workroom picking those lipsticks, you know. Uh, and so maybe the queens already knew when they walked in. The eliminated queens knew when they walked in who they were going against. Now that's because I'll tell you why. Except they were all dressed. Okay, well, they could have done but my point is they could have done it at any point. Okay. Not necessarily right at, right before. And because it's weird that Gia went up to, Va- to Naomi and was like, oh, so are you nervous? Like, that's a – when have we seen Gia and Naomi ever interact whatsoever? Yeah. You know, but I, but I feel like Gia already knew she was going to go against Naomi. And mm-hmm. so she uh, – or maybe they, maybe they just talked amongst themselves. 
And Latrice was like, I'm going to go with Monique. And Gia said, okay, I'm going to go with Naomi. And and then they, everybody knew who they were going to get. You know? Yeah. And so um, uh, Gia, Gia, that was weird that Gia just randomly went up to talk to Naomi and say she looked nervous. <laughs> you know? Well, and, and I thought that the moment where at one point Farrah says – I'm, I know what kind of person she is. I'm just going to keep my distance from her. And literally the next shot is her and Gia standing next to each other. <laughs> yeah, exactly. When they're talking to her, when RuPaul is explaining this. It, it, the, the, you're right. There was a lot of skullduggery and goopery yeah. going on. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I do think they were knowing before. Because also the, every, and, and Naomi even says, I knew she was picking me in the mm-hmm. confessional. So, um, yeah, I think that they knew exactly what was going to happen and and then they just prepared for that. Uh, yeah. but here's the deal. I do buy into the idea that or for all four songs were the same in the boxes. But I love that everyone that's emailed me about this and everybody who's talked about this on Reddit the same thing about the four boxes, it's the same people who are like, "Oh, no, no, no." But it wasn't but it wasn't rigged uh against this person or that person. I'm like, "Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's not true, but this is true?" Uh some of the fun I've seen some of the funny things people have done with Reddit where you open the box and it says Kitty Girl Roxy Andrews lyrics only was one of them <laughs> and one of Tammy Brown saying ha for three minutes straight. Oh, <laughs> uh, we could we could totally do that. We'll do that at the end, but yeah, if, if it's just like ha! Ha! Right. Well, I, I, okay, everyone listening to the show right now, bonus segment. If you're listening live, I'm going to play some basic house music and do what Taylor is talking about uh, at the end of the show. Stick around. Okay, so uh, so Trinity the Tuck lands up winning this lip sync. Do you think Trinity the Tuck deserved to win this lip sync? Yes, uh, absolutely. Was, so that was 100%. the correct winner. You're saying you yes. agree with that? Correct winner. Everything good. Let's move on. Pheromone yes. versus Valentina. The song is Kitty Girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, the winner is Valentina. Your thoughts on this one? I thought you could not take your eyes off of Valentina. Well, yeah, because the camera only showed her the Right, the time. camera only showed her, except for the one time that where she's dancing and Pheromone looks like she's lost a contact underneath her, <laughs> yeah. where she's sort of like crawling, like nothing sexy about it, where she's literally just like crawling on her hands and knees. It was it was not strong. And again, this is an example of kind of similar to where it almost looked like they were trying to save um they were trying to save Farah in that the first thing that she does is she flips her hair. And if you watch all of her hair immediately goes in her face. Oh yeah. So, and then she just seemed to like where then she eventually figured it out where she flipped her hair kind of behind her. So it would flip back and forth, mm-hmm. but it almost is like, so right out the gate, you're pretty much falling on your falling on your robe. Like you did last time where mm-hmm. it's, it just was not a strong night for pheromone. She looks pretty, but Everything that Valentina was doing, I didn't like the whole like we're gonna act like a cat and do the yeah. meow thing. Mm-hmm. That was and she did it more than once, which mm-hmm. I wasn't crazy about. But you could you couldn't stop looking at her. And I thought between the two, the few times they did show pheromone, I was like, uh, she's a little bit weaker than than Valentina. Look, I agree with you. The one thing I will in fact I'll even go farther than that, I'll say that neither one was very good. I felt Valentina getting the most basic of lip sync performances. Like she knew the words, and when there's there's that weird soft bigotry of lowered expectations for Valentina. The very fact that she knew the words, everyone's like, "Oh my god, she was amazing!" But it was very, very whatever. I was not impressed by it whatsoever. Farrah was equally as lackluster as Valentina. It was a very weak lip sync. It's also a bizarre song to lip sync to. And by the mm-hmm. way, I love that song. It might be one of my favorite RuPaul songs. I just don't think it's a really good lip sync song. And um, 
Yeah, it it was. I I don't I didn't see what the big fucking deal was. Valentino was very whatever to me, and uh, yeah, I couldn't give a shit. It was just like okay, whatever. But I guess Valentina won. Sure. Like okay. does Valentina deserve to win? Sure. That's my yeah. answer. Do you agree? Yes. Okay. Was, By the way, there are people who I love Valentina. It was enjoyable to watch. I enjoyed watching it. But again, once again, Valentina wearing a very uh, sex kitten uh, inspired outfit. Speaking to that, they probably knew it was Kitty Girl. Um, yeah, and because uh, they made lots of kitten references when yeah, she was doing the runway. They thing. sure did, and then uh, and then her performance was very on the nose. It's Kitty Girl, so I'll act like a kitten. Yeah, yeah, whatever. All right, next. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna have a lot to say about these last two: Gia Gunn versus Naomi Smalls. Your thoughts on this one? The song was Adrenaline, by the way, and the winner was Naomi Smalls. Okay. So getting the reveal out of the way, mm-hmm. I liked the golden yellow dress more than the schoolgirl inspired dress mm-hmm. for Gia. Mm-hmm. This lip sync of this Naomi Smalls, okay, maybe one of my favorite all time lip syncs on oh, the history of the show. Wow. Okay. It was. This great. was fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. This this was where she she just did not seem human. Mm-hmm. She looked great. She knew all the words, which it was clear Gia didn't know all the Gia words. Didn't, but there's there is a theory that for editing reasons to show all the best moves, that they cut things out of sequence just so you could see everything. Yeah, and so they could show different shots because like Naomi's doing something amazing on one end, and Gia's doing something amazing on another, and they want to show everything that they cut it weird on purpose so that you could see everything rather than focus on the words. But yeah, Gia, but there are parts where they're together and Gia doesn't know the words. But go ahead. Right. Right. And there was lots of times where she would flip her hair in her face if she could you couldn't really see her. But you know what? That said though, that said, when Gia maybe there's a part where she didn't know the words, but there's a part and you should watch it because I watched it very closely today. When Gia's walking to the back of the stage to do the reveal. Mm-hmm. She does something that I would really appreciate it was she kept turning her head profile so that you could see that she wasn't doing it. She didn't know the words that she knew the words. So she's lip syncing with her head in profile so that you could see, oh, bitch, I know the words when she's walking to the back of the stage. They don't really okay. focus on it, but I noticed it. So there was a part where she did know the words and she was showing that she knew the words. But go ahead. Okay. So and I mean, Gia gave energy. Don't get me wrong. It's mm-hmm. not like the, the, it's not like the Jasmine. I mean, she definitely at points where what song? I don't even remember what song they did. They did uh, adrenaline. 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 So when do we get when do we get the crazy where she was kind of doing the duck walks? Mm-hmm. Not the duck walk, but the like the voguing type thing. I mean, she was definitely giving a lot of energy. But mm-hmm. you get somebody like Naomi that that she can contort her body in different ways that it works where she's sort of doing the broken doll look from top Mm -hmm. model and that weird exorcist walking down the steps thing that she Mm -hmm. did at one point was just, it was just incredible to watch. And that daddy long legs where she was kind of sliding herself on her heel, Mm -hmm. everything about it was, it was, it was crazy and it was fun. It's not, I still love Manila's MacArthur Park more, Mm-hmm. But if we were to revise the top 10 in a couple of years, if we revise and do a, t- a top uh-huh. 10 lip yeah. syncs, adding new seasons, this would be in my top 10. Oh, really? And, G- and Gia, you think Gia is coming close? Gia's uh, no, but I think G- Gia was Gia was good. Naomi was great. Because there's an Naomi argument. Was, there's an argument that, that this should have been the double Shantae. If Between gonna, the two? Yes. And if you were going to do a double Shantae, that it should have been Gia and Naomi were the double Shantae, not Monet and Latrice. So Latrice, in other words, the people who, 
Monique and Latrice, I'm sorry. The people who love the show are saying, like, Latrice should... This is what, the, what I've seen a lot of on Reddit. That Monique was amazing. Latrice was not that good. Latrice should not have come back. Monique should have come back. And the double Shantae should have been Gia and Naomi. I would... Well, let's... I, I could see that. Mm-hmm. I could definitely see that. Mm-hmm. I have I have feelings on the, the last lip sync. Mm-hmm. Um Let's talk. Let's talk about the last lip sync, and then we could compare them as to who we think would be. Okay, so Naomi wins, and you, I guess, obviously, you agree with Naomi winning a hundred percent. By the way, yeah. the other impressive thing too, and Naomi wants very much for you to see this, is Naomi legendarily has a huge penis. Okay, so she's mm-hmm. showing up as like, bitch, this thing is tucked for days. You okay. know, this is tucked. This is gone. Were you seeing this anywhere? No, because she was yeah. spreading those legs, and you were like, she has a JJ. Yeah, you know. And uh, you couldn't find that penis anywhere. It was nowhere to be found. You know, there was no meaty tuck, so to speak. No. Um, okay, well, then let's move on here with Latrice Royale, Monique Carton. This is the one that's the controversial one. The song was Sissy That Walk, and the winner was that they both stay. You know, Latrice yes. gets to stay, and they do a little bit of a bait and switch, but then it's Monique gets to stay, too, and everything's exactly the way it was uh, at season, the start of season four. I mean, episode four. Taylor, the latte boy, your thoughts on this lip sync? Do you think that the right person, or both people staying was right, the correct decision? Um, I feel like, you know, Latrice has been talking about how she is beloved. Mm-hmm. And that she, you know, that that everybody wants her to be there and stuff. So I kind of feel like that's why they had her come back in. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple of things. One, they needed to bring at least one of them back. Mm-hmm. Because if they didn't bring one of them back, then this would, then everybody be going, the why the fuck did we just do this? Mm-hmm. Other than it was, you know, a show. But it's, it has nothing to do with the competition. So I felt mm-hmm. like they had to bring somebody back. Um, but it kind of felt sort of participation metal. Yeah. Sort of thing. For Latrice. For Latrice. Now, that's not to say that Latrice didn't do some things. I appreciate the fact Latrice moved a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, like the first, at the first Sissy That Walk, you know, where she was kind of doing this kickball change thing mm-hmm. across the stage. Yeah. And you could see her almost doing a lot of um, color guard movements. I know that she's, you know, she does a lot with flags and color guard and stuff. So a lot of those movements were just without the flags. Um and I think that, you know, this is the first time we've seen Latrice do a split, to the best of my knowledge. Mm-hmm. So you look at the it, um, pre-show from uh, from season eight, I think, All-Star, season seven finale, I'm sorry. She does it on the stage. But yeah, you do not in the show. On the show. This is the first time I've seen her do a mm-hmm. – so in that regards, anytime you see a big girl do a, a split, unless mm-hmm. you're Eureka and do it every single time, mm-hmm. it gets your attention. Um, but I thought Monique – Monique turned it out. Monique, mm-hmm. when she finally ripped off all of those stupid shreds of fabric and stuff, and mm-hmm. I loved that flaming hair mm-hmm. that when she pulled the wig off and she had the hair underneath it, I mm-hmm. thought that was I thought that was great. I I would say of the two, Monique won. Okay. I think Monique won won that lipstick. I love I love Latrice. I know Latrice has become very controversial over mm-hmm. the last couple of weeks with some mm-hmm. things that she said on the show and stuff, but. And I'm not necessarily a huge – I'm tired of the goopery. I'm tired of the ooh-ah-ah. I'm tired of the cows, all that kind of stuff. But between the two, mm-hmm. Monique should have won. All right. So now what Now, what does that mean for you with the Gia and Naomi lip sync? I would say that if – if with what you said, I think that if they were going to do a Shantae, you both stay, that it should have been Gia. 
should have come back. All right, very interesting, but not as beloved as Neil as Manila, but as not as Latrice. beloved, and that's why I think Latrice got got it because because again, mm-hmm. as you have talked about on the show, they're writing a narrative, they're writing a story. They've gotten mm-hmm. rid of a lot of I think the negativity, mm-hmm. or they've gotten when when Gia left, mm-hmm. as far as because they got rid of the shit stirrer, mm-hmm. and I think for them to bring back a shit stirrer this late mm-hmm. is not you don't really see that on these seasons. Usually, once the villain. Mm-hmm goes away. I mean, the closest thing I think we have to a villain at this point is Valentina, mm-hmm. but she's not really acting villain-esque. So I think that they want to focus on other things at this point. So to have brought Gia back, I don't think would have, would have worked. Hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, Latrice, I think did a good job. You know, I had, if you would have asked me last night immediately after the show, I would have said, Oh yeah, well, Latrice deserved to win. But now I'm even watching it again right now. There's the wig reveal from Latrice, and now Monique is dancing down. I get a chance to really watch Monique, and you're right. Monique um, comes out with the fan out of nowhere. I mean, she did, Monique did a really, really good job, I think, better yeah. than Latrice. But you're giving her some credit because she is a big girl doing the splits. I want to say when Latrice did the splits at the theater, I think it was very difficult for her to get up. Not that it was – that she, she was able to get up on her own. But it was it was a, a process for her to get up, and I know oh, you that- can you can see once she does the split, they immediately cut away from her because yeah. she kind of does this thing of where I, you know, as somebody who occasionally has been on the floor to like do things, mm-hmm. when I try to get up, it's not pretty mm-hmm. at all. So I and I don't wear sequins and a wig when I do it, so yeah. I can't imagine what that looked like. Oh, totally heels, yeah, yeah. You know, so I I think that yeah they did a cutaway because I mean that would have, that must have been messy to see her like doing her thing by the way i just noticed something fly across the screen i think i think monet took off some scarves or something yeah she's throwing like scarves or something off her body well it's all of those pieces of fabric that are attached to the bodysuit because she when she first starts Mm -hmm. she has all of these like they almost look like oh yeah flag football flags you know hanging off of her and then by by the time that they go to the sachet you also stay she's just wearing the body she's just just wearing the bodysuit which by the way Mm -hmm. Bitch, I was going to wait for you out in the parking lot what? was a very funny – we did laugh pretty hard at that. I was going to wait for you out in the parking lot after she told her she could stay. Oh, okay. That's, yeah. Well, she told RuPaul that after the – yeah, when she yeah. said she could stay. All right. That's very, very good. Now, okay. And then we see you know, the episode ends with uh, Latrice and Monique both – Shantae, you stay. And again, like I said, we're back to where we were at. Uh, the next episode will be exactly like it was episode four. It's going to be Latrice, Monique, Valentina, Monet, Trinity, and Naomi back in the competition uh, and Manila. And mm-hmm. uh, that's, where we, that's where we are going to the next episode. Taylor Latte Boy, any final thoughts on this episode? Have we covered everything that you could think of talking about this episode? I think we've covered everything ad nauseum. <laughs> I think we've covered everything for the next episode, too. <laughs> Uh, so I think, I think we're good to go there. Um, well then, uh, do I have any final thoughts? No. Okay. Well, that concludes this week's episode of RuPaul's Drag Race Recap. Be sure to join us, uh, this week and every week as we, or next weekend, not this week, join us next weekend, every week as we continue to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct each brand new episode of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 4. So, for Taylor the Latte Boy and myself... Poof, be gone. (laughs) What were you saying? Sashay away until next week. Want to share your thoughts about Drag Race? 
email us at dragracerecap at gmail.com. The outro music was written by Lucian Piani and arranged and performed by Alex Lefebvre. You can find Alex Lefebvre on Instagram at Alex Lefebvre Music. That's A-L-E-X-L-E-F-E-V-R-E-M-U-S-I-C. For up-to-the-minute news about the show, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dragracerecap and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at dragracerecap. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash dragracerecap. Finally, to find all of our old episodes, visit our website at dragracerecap.com.